Hi, this is Christy Cello, and I am so fucking excited because I have a new podcast coming out on Riotcast. It's called Talking Funny with Christy, and I talk to my favorite comics about all things comedy. So you should listen at Riotcast.com or on iTunes, and follow us on social media at TFWC Podcast. Or you can just die in a fire. Bye! You're listening to Band Geek with Richie Castellano on the Riotcast Network. Welcome to Band Geek. I'm Richie Castellano. Today, it's all about the fans and our listeners and our YouTube subscribers and watchers. This is definitely fan service today. And we've been planning this for a while. And with the 100th episode and all the other stuff we've been doing, it's taken a bit to get it done. But it's finally here. And I just want to tell you what we're doing today. We have a bunch of fan related and driven activities today and it's all because of you guys and basically we only do this for you guys and you guys keep coming back and you keep listening to the show and you keep watching our YouTube videos and you're on our social media feeds and you're encouraging us to keep going and it means a lot to us and you're also giving us financial support which is is a huge deal and it really allows us to keep doing this. So before I get started and it's actually a big part of this if you want to support Band Geek or if you have been doing so already, please keep doing so. And there are two ways you could do this. Uh, if you shop on Amazon and you're in the U.S., you can go to riotcast.com slash bandgeek and use the Amazon banner at the top of the page. Uh, you just click that and it takes you to your normal Amazon page. You do your shopping like you normally do. But when you check out, a small percentage of your purchase goes to supporting our show and doesn't cost you anything extra. And we appreciate that. And uh, like I said, that only works in the U.S. And it only works um, if you go to the link first and then add stuff to cart. That's what I've heard. Now, if you want to give us direct support, what you do is you go to richiecastellano.com slash tipjar, one word. And that brings you to a PayPal form where you can throw us a few bucks and, and support the show with donations. And that's awesome. And what we're doing today is we're really uh, giving thanks to some super band geek fans and supporters who have gone above and beyond and and have really helped us out and, and are a big part of why we keep doing this and are and are responsible for keeping the show going. Now we're very fortunate we have quite a few very very good supporters but um you know we couldn't handle everything so we took our you know biggest supporters and basically I you know, sent them messages asking them, you know, what what can we do for you? What can we play for you? Because we're doing a fan show. So the three songs you're going to hear in this show were chosen by the fans, by our, our, our big contributors. And thank you very much. And, and I know just playing a song isn't really enough, but it's the, the best we could do right now. And we hope to be doing more 
fan-driven shows. So if you have been, if you haven't supported BandGeek and you'd like to show your love uh, and and contribute to the show, please do so at richiecastellano.com slash tip jar. It's very simple. Uh, so we're going to do these three songs first, and then at the end of the show, I'm going to play an interview. And here's what happened uh, with the interview. Um, there's another band geek super fan who's always watching us when we do live streams, which is crazy because this kid is in Australia. So the time zone is totally screwed for him. It's totally backwards. Uh, but he, you know, stays up or wakes up extra early, depending on w- what we're doing. And he he is a part of all of our live streams. And we really appreciate that. And his name is Joshua Batten. So once we're done playing the three songs, we're going to do... Uh, a Joshua Batten interview. He contacted me. He's a, a musician from Australia, like I said, and he wanted to have a Skype chat with Anne-Marie and myself. So I said, you know, that would be cool, but let's record that for the show. So you're going to hear our conversation that, that uh, Josh, Anne-Marie, and I had after we do the three songs. And another really cool thing we're doing is after each song, we're going to give a little uh, dissection or like a like a recap or a post-game analysis of every song and talk about maybe some tones or some interesting musical, you know, or harmonic things we heard in the songs and talk about what was a challenge about it, which was cool. And I, I think we should do that more. And it's almost um, better to do it afterwards because if we do it after, the song's fresh in our heads and we can talk about, well, oh, that part was a pain in the ass or that part was interesting or whatever. So I think that I think you'll like that and we had some really nice moments. So I'm going to do that after each song and then I'll come back and say goodbye afterwards. So again, richiecastellano.com slash tip jar. Thank you guys so, so much for contributing to our show and supporting us and helping us to keep doing this. We love doing it and, you know, it really helps us to keep doing it with your support. Uh, so I'll stop repeating that over and over and over again. Okay, so there are three songs, and, and the three the three uh, super fans today are going to be Rob Crossland, Michelle K. Williams, and Ralph Pitts. And that's the order we're doing this in. So um, the last song we're going to do on the podcast is, uh, well, actually, I'll do, it, I'll do it in order instead of confusing everybody. Uh, Rob Crossland, who is from England, he wanted to hear a Scorpion song, uh, but he didn't want to hear any of the like um, later poppy radio hit Scorpion song. He wanted uh, some deep cuts. So what I did on that was I consulted a uh, former band geek guest and a uh, friend of mine, Lane Thompson, who is a Scorpion super fan. And Lane said, I, I said, Lane, I got a guy. Who's who's a real you know great supporter of the show, and I want to do something nice for him. I want to play a Scorpion song, but it, we can't do "Rock You Like a Hurricane" or uh, "The Winds of Change." He wants to hear something old school like metal. And my friend Lane said, "Bro, I know what this guy's talking about. The song he wants to hear is the Sales of Sharon." So for for um, Rob's request, we're we're doing Sales of Sharon, and I hope that's good enough for you, Rob. Uh, it was really, 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 really hard. <laughs> so I hope you enjoy it. Uh, for Michelle K. Williams' request, she wanted uh, something by the police, and she suggested, uh, she gave me a few suggestions, but one of them was Driven to Tears, uh, which vocally is a song I can kind of handle, and I can do my sting voice-ish sort of thing. 
So that's what we're doing for Michelle K. Williams. And Ralph Pitts actually asked for something that I was quite flattered by. I said, you know, Ralph, who, who I've met at um, Blue Oyster Cult shows, uh, I said, Ralph, you know, what, what do you want to hear? And, and he said, um, and I was expecting like, you know, play uh, Veterans of the Psychic Wars or uh, Beautiful as a Foot or some crazy uh, Blue Oyster Cult song. And he said, I would really like to hear you guys do the song Love Songs that you wrote with Andy Ascalise. Uh, on your album that you made together. And I was really sort of blown away by that. So thank you, Ralph. And and it marks really the first time that we ever do an original song that I wrote and Andy wrote uh, together with the band geeks, with our band. And it was actually a lot of fun. And and we really got to thank, all of us have to thank Ralph for that because without Ralph, I would have never done it. I would just stuck to covers. So thank you, Ralph, for the encouragement and for the kind words. And that's going to be the third song you hear. Um, so today in the Band Geek Studio, for this uh, for the musical segment, it's going to be uh, it's going to be uh, Andy Escalise on drums, Andy Graziano. He plays guitar on Sales of Sharon and on Driven to Tears, and then he's on bass for Love Songs. My wife Anne Marie, uh, she is on bass for Sales of Sharon, bass for Driven to Tears, and she's playing keyboards on love songs and you'll see all this stuff on the youtube videos we record a video for everything and that'll be posted throughout the week and also joining us in the studio is the lovely and enchanting and person who makes who laughs at my jokes and makes me feel better about myself is andy's wife brandy metaxas and she's hanging out um so thank you for thank you to brandy for being a good sport and chilling while we while we uh, figured out what the heck was going on with these songs so all right let's get to it first up is rob crossland's request uh, an old school sorp- a scorpion song, and we're doing s- the sales of Sharon. <laughs> Thank you. 
So the guys don't know what I'm doing right now because we've never done this before. But um, we're going to do a, a, a post game, if you will. Um, so we're going to talk about the song we just recorded, which was a special request from Rob Cross, uh, Crossland. And I hope I said his name right. And um, so this was interesting. Anybody, anybody care to talk about the song, or is this a stupid idea? Well, <laughs> well, let's let's. First thing I want to do. Is, can we go through those sounds we made earlier? Yeah, So I think that would be a cool thing to talk about. So I'm sure we'll end up doing a video, but for now we're doing this. So maybe I'll make this um, this available on the custom tone site, Lawrence6.com. <laughs> Yeah, this is how I took my strap off before. <laughs> <laughs> you buffoon. Okay, so Jesus. What 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 is going okay? on with you today? Are you are you having your manzies? <laughs> That's what it's like. So no. I'll only tell you who's in the room really quick. Uh, it's Andy Asplees on drums. Hello. It's Andy Graziano on the lead guitar. Hey. It's Anri Castellano on the bass. I was gonna say hey. <laughs> it's it's Brandy Metaxas helping us out today. Oh thanks. Yeah, I don't know what you're doing here today, but whatever. <laughs> it's nice. You it's make nice. me sit here and watch you guys work. <laughs> it's nice that you're here though. Thanks. I think I play better when you're here. I think you do, and you're funnier when I'm here. I am much funnier. Yeah, totally. You bring joy into a joyless house. See, that's what I'm. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I bring joy to Amory. I as wish well. you could see the face I just got from Amory. It's really funny. Don't I bring you joy, Amory? You do. See, into He's a joyless house. <laughs> so anyway, um, <laughs> so Andy is Andy Graziano is plugged into my uh, Helix. Let's hear that that main tone there. Main tone. Yeah. <laughs> And then I have a cheese button on there, which gives you what? You can't really hear the difference, but you feel the difference, I bet. Yeah, just m more distortion. And, and can you play the diminished harmony? Yes, diminished harmony. So there's one setting we have. And then we have a Phrygian harmony. Phrygian. And then I have a special la uh, momentary button that brings it from Phrygian to Phrygian sharp three. Okay, so hold the note out. So it's, it's the note after that. So, so hold that note out right, normal. So here's regular. And then he just hits a switch, that's pretty cool. I heard that as Lydian when I was listening to the song because it was Lydian within the context of the chord. What chord? Oh, 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 C Lydian. C Lydian. It is well. It's... So it's it's Phrygian sharp yeah, three yeah. in the key that we're in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because well, because this is it goes like E minor for a second. It, it's sort of this is the, the harmony in this song is sort of whack because it's. It's in B, but it's it's modal. It's in B Phrygian. It's in B metal. Yeah, B metal. B more metal. Just call it B Eastern metal. <laughs> no, but it doesn't. Eastern metal. It doesn't stay in the E bass scale. The uh, it goes it, it goes from Metallica scale to E bass scale. <laughs> That's <laughs> music lesson, folks. So what is that? Kind of like a Dorian 
No, that's like whenever whenever a um, an Arab person shows up on um, Homeland. That's the, that's the scale that plays. Do we need special clearance to download this episode? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you're watching Homeland, it's like they, they, they show a guy with, with, with dark skin and he goes, you know. It's like, oh, he must be bad. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's a sound when, you, when you're playing Uncharted. Yeah. Oh, yeah, either that or you just died in Uncharted. Yeah, right. <laughs> or, like, you hear, like, three hits of a doombeck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow, something must be afoot. <laughs> so, so, quick music lesson. I love um, my doombeck. So here's world music with the pancakes. Here, here's a major scale, right? Uh, I, I just heard that. I was like, that sounds so wrong. <laughs> like, probably we were just like, maybe I played it wrong. But there's a major scale, right? So if I take this G major scale and I start from. Uh, and if the bass plays a nice low B note under me. That's that's called um, uh, Phrygian. That's basically I'm starting a major scale from the third note. Mm-hmm. But uh, to make it even more like exotic sounding and and ingve sounding, you take the third note and you make it sharp. So you go, <laughs> and you do that, and you're in the ballpark. That's it, folks. It's hero, it becomes hero lies. Yeah. Defining the fifth <laughs> in a way. So it's well, having a leading tone. So if what you take, is happening? No. So what, what you're really doing is the relative the relative minor of G of G major. Somebody. The, what? The relative minor of G major e is minor. E minor. Very good. So if you take that that note, that um D, and make it a D sharp, all you're doing is making that E harmonic minor. So you're saying you want the D. I want the D. <laughs> But sometimes you want the D to be sharp. And then we want no, the D you sh- don't. You don't want that. Some people like that. Some people like the D to be sharp. No, you don't want a flat one. So when you, when you make the D sharp, it's that. But then if you start... You know it doesn't last very long, but while it's the there, it's very significant. <laughs> all we did was make that's what she said jokes. Really how it's but used. no one said that. So um, <laughs> it's either E harmonic minor or B Phrygian dominant. All right. So we're... Okay. Or Phrygian so, sharp three. So we're losing subscribers. <laughs> I don't care. This is, a, this is cool. Yeah. It's Aren't like I'm impressing people now? with my, my scale knowledge. You, you said you missed me on the last podcast. Are you sure you're glad? Oh I'm no, back? You, you didn't want to hear that. The last podcast was bad <laughs> yeah, news don't without you. Ever listen to it? I come probably. in. I come in. We said a... the word vagina like eight times. <laughs> I'm gonna throw something at you by the third time. A- Andy's mom is not gonna like that one. Oh, no. So um. Oh, I'm gonna watch this nice episode about no, the Grammys. No. No. I saw the Grammys. I really liked Bruno Mars. No. <laughs> it was bad news. If you gave me a mound of clay right now... I, um, ne- wait, wait. Never give him a mound of clay and yeah. don't ask why. Okay, anyway. Oh. So that was this song. Now we're going to do something else. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next up is Michelle K. Williams' request for a police song. And here is Driven to Tears. Have to do with me What is my 
Tom again. <laughs> All right. Cool. Very cool. There's one. There's one part. One flu you played right. Right in my head, I heard like from what's that Ron song? When Ron does the fill on the vocal. Oh, Ron, Ronald's coming back now. I did. I did that one. Now this song was requested by Michelle K. Williams. And um, this was very difficult for Anne Marie not to play the entire song, the entire album, I should say. Yes, please. Uh, so. <laughs> yes, please. That sounds like a fun bass part. Yeah. I don't know how that guy sings and plays that though. No. That guy. I had I had enough trouble with like <laughs> <laughs> just doing that while I was singing. Yeah. 
But I, ne- I actually never tried. I never sang Sting before ever. I, th- I don't think like you've every- only made fun of it. Like a full song. No. Well, every time we like Andy and I were in a band, right. Andy would do like Message in a Bottle. Oh. You know what I mean? Or 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 our old bass player would do Message in a Bottle. Like yeah, I that's would never. True. I would and never sing. And then Dana sang it, then and I sang it. Yeah, you sang. Yeah, like anytime or even like Roxanne or anything like I, I and. But I think this song, it's in like a lower register, so I can kind of, it's not like, you know, Roxanne! It's, you know. No, this is, he's chilling on this album. All his stuff is kind of low on this album, honestly. Is that, are you just it's, still lobbying for us to do the whole album? Yeah. Is that what you're doing right now? Always. Okay. Can we just do Canary in a Coal Mine? My life would be friggin' made. Great. Now I'm going to get. Made. Messages made. from people just saying. remember that. You know, you should do that song that everyone did. Remember that the <laughs> well, next time you're made. asked for something around the house. And the man you in said your life was made. You don't need anything else. You certainly don't mean me mopping up. So I, I, I want to thank I want to thank Andy Graziano for doing menial based task on this. Like oh, you, this was great. You, this had, a, like, you had a double Henry the whole track. It's like 180 degrees from. But that's it, uh, from man. That's the, the other song, the, the, Scorpions. the Scorpions tune. Oh, yeah. it's great. Um, but you had the Strat and it sounded perfect. Oh, so. sure. That's actually you're playing through my uh, my Whitney Houston preset from Band Geek Live. <laughs> That's the one he knows. That's why he's playing it. By the way, I did this wedding the other night, and it was 10 to 2 in the morning was the the official reception time. Wow. And he was pulling out those songs at like 1.40. Singers were like... Could you please? <laughs> One forty. I want to dance with somebody. Rap That's when only you get the from look. Here, here on with out. like seven people in the audience still there. You get <laughs> that look out. like. As as much as I want to talk about how how great I sang that song, um, the real star is Andy Escalese on the hey. drums. Escalese. <laughs> I am. Yes. Oh, okay. You're the star of the. That, you had your own camera, and I, I gave it. you the nice camera. Andy Cam. That's right. So, do do you want to talk about that at all? Um, I didn't think so. Yeah. Okay, so um, that Who's was. <laughs> Somebody's like buzzing. Triplets buzzing? and stuff. Something's buzzing. That's your bass. It's you buzzing. Really? Said it. Yep. Yep. Hey. No, that was my that was my guitar actually buzzing. Oh, you just oh, timed you it. Cheered. That was nice. Andy, you slayed that oh, man. jump part. Now I probably couldn't do that at all. Like, are you just what what's, what goes on in your brain when you do something like that? Um, uh-uh. you have to. Uh, the way I do it. I'm not a teacher, so I don't know what I'm saying. But if I the way I do it is you have to uh, you have to hear the other notes in there. So you're playing the silences in your head. Yeah. So it's it's that the whole time. Ah. And then you but you're not only, you're not only doing triplets the whole time. You're doing right. You're doing you're going from sixteenth to triplets, right? Yeah. 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 So fans. But he does that for like an entire four bars at a time. You're like da 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 da. Also, you really put you really putting that drum set through its paces because you programmed it. Let's hear that tom. It's like a timbali. It's a roto tom. No, is it a road, a road time in there? It is. Oh, so there are, there are road times in that kit. That's cool. And also, you're using the stick. You have a splash. splash. Look at you. He's got the stick going on. You know what's cool about doing this? Like, we we really push the gear when we do the band geek stuff. Like, we we program shit. Like, we don't be like, eh, get a sound. Yeah, you're not doing every song with the same distortion. You know? No, we, nice. we, try to, we, we try to get close. You know, 
an electronic drum set and automatically people are like, nay say, nay say. But like, yeah, but he's like doing I it for real, man. I, I lived in a, in a fully attached house, you know. <laughs> yeah. and, fully attached. And, and, and the, the, the total width of my house is eight feet. So like, I can't, <laughs> so we can't have, we can't, can't we we use wide angle system. Yeah, we use <laughs> wide angle lenses down here to to, to achieve the. Uh, yeah, a lot of people the, tell me it looks very big. Like, it's uh, great. The podcast, when, you mean, yeah. not your. When people your, finally <laughs> come, <laughs> up, <laughs> I've heard that said. too about you, Andy. <laughs> when people finally come downstairs for the podcast, they're like, "Oh, they're very disappointed." It's much bigger. I was like, "No, I told you it was very, very small." Yes. Yeah. Welcome to our L-shaped box. <laughs> Can Nevada you cross stitch that? <laughs> yeah. So, um, but. Because we, we can't do that, you know, we have the electronic drums, and I think we make pretty good do with it. I mean, it, it, you were actually a little concerned about playing this song with electronics because you, you get like the hi hat's a little mushy. Yeah, you get you get more feedback from a piece of metal, you know what I mean, than a piece of rubber. I mean, the hi hat sounded dope though. Yeah, you, you did a good job. Thank you. You know what it's you crispy. were, Andy? You were fantastic. Yep. Brandy, care to you want to you want to talk about a drum part a little more? No. Okay. <laughs> That's for alone time. Um, I'm playing. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to end up using this in the mix, but I, I have something cool. Um, I'm actually playing my Telecaster through. Um, I have a compressor and the the TC Electronic Dreamscape pedal that my wife got me for Christmas. Mm. And I and there's an app that you download. And um, I went to the app and I pulled up the pedal and it said all like available. You can beam presets from the phone. Through your pickup, you hold the phone to your pickup, and you put the pedal on receive mode, and it like goes into your your phone into your pickup. The pickup of your guitar. Yeah. You hold your phone. To your you hold the phone to the guitar pickup. It goes and then it, you, the pedal flashes, telling you it's received it's like some it. Willy Wonka. Shit. Yeah. yeah but anyway, some, I, I found. Can't imagine what goes on there. Except that's yeah. like except that's like technology from like fax machines. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's exactly. like the oldest technology <laughs> it is down here. <laughs> And, and I found uh, when I pulled up the, my pedal on the app, there was an Andy Summers thing. It's an Andy Summers chorus. I was like, I need that. And how's that sound? I think it's Guitar Rig that has it. Mm-hmm. Guitar Rig has a dope uh, Andy Summers. Like I think, what do they call it? It's like message in a something. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I DI'd, I DI'd this because I'm going. To, we have two rigs going here. Um, Andy Graziano was playing through my Helix. Um, and I'm playing through my VHT amp into a two-nose torpedo, and um, that's where all, with, with the pedals plugged into it. Oh, let me get the pedals back on here. You know, um, analog uh, compressor. Yeah, going to DBX compressor. Pretty cool. Wait, he's using an analog compressor. Yeah. Why am I so proud of you? Uh, that's why it's noisy as shit. But anyway. Um, I'm sorry, that's still exciting. To but me. if it doesn't sound good when I mix it, I don't, like who, I don't know because we haven't mixed it. We just finished recording it. But if I might use a DI, <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, so that was that, and now we have one more and thing to do. And this is this. Yeah. Okay. I, I like this little post game. It's like while we, while we remember what we just did. Yeah. So it's good. Okay. Instead of talking it up before we do it, then it's not as good as we had, had hoped. <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, I can't put that whole thing in about us like slaying this song that we didn't play very well. So okay. Okay, so for the last song, Ralph Pitts has requested the original song written by myself and Andy Ascalise called Love Songs, and that's from the album Two Part Invention, which you can get on iTunes. And I, w- I just want to thank Ralph for requesting an original song. That's very cool of you. Thank you very much. We had a lot of fun doing it. So here you go. One, two, one, two, three, four. <laughs> 
I've been this way Constantly searching for things I should say It's a reaction to this attraction My mind goes empty, my thoughts go astray Words can't describe all these emotions I drop my lines to the fish in the ocean And while they're sinking, I get to thinking Is there a better way to show my devotion? Is it any wonder that the curse that I've been under Was laughter when you entered my life? My song is more than just hugging and kissing you I've had a whole deep in my soul I figured out that it was you I've been missing Is it any wonder that the curse that I've been under Was laughter when you entered my life I wanna sing to you, baby Request by Ralph Pitts, and um, wait, do you guys still hear it or you just? No, no. Okay, no, sorry. We, we, we play that. We play that. I to never a, heard for it. anybody interested. We play that to a click. So here's some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, just because it's at one ten. You said no. It's at one thirty. One thirty. One thirty. Yeah. Can you shut that off, please? <laughs> Thank just, you for the listeners at home. They, they can't hear it. They're never gonna hear They're it. They're never gonna hear. Oh really? Oh. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah. Um, that. That was from an album that me and Andy recorded called Two Part Invention, which you can get on iTunes, I believe. Yeah, I think so. Um, and also, 
You're on that album too, sure, Mr. Graziano. On, uh, get ready. Get we, ready. We shredded our balls off on that yeah, song. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, but this song, I just want to. Uh, so thank you, Ralph Pitts. I'm very flattered that you picked an original tune, because um, you could have picked, you know, like a cool Blue Oyster Cult song or something. But you, you did, you did a nice, you did a mitzvah by uh, <laughs> by picking one of our songs. Could have been one of these Weisenheimers that was close to the edge. <laughs> exactly, Weisenheimer. But um, a little insight on that song. Um, that's actually. It started off as an Andy Escalese composition, and you had you had this awesome verse. Yeah, which is, the verse is all Andy. Like that, he wrote that. He had it all. Basically, you had the whole thing like with the synths. Um, yeah, all worked yeah, out. Yeah, I remember and you, that. You, you had you. It was like you you played me the song, and you had the. That was what you had, and you had words to it, and you're like, I don't know what to do after that. You you like you recorded it. Yeah, you said like I hate this chorus, right? So. I said, well, what if we go from that, like, you're like, because it's weird, because your thing is like, you know, it's like kind of, like, you have a diminished chord, like the second chord of your verse, which is like, not common, you know what I mean? So I said, well, let's take your really interesting song, and then do my bullshit for the chorus. And do the simplest, the simplest, uh, yeah. It's... Uh, the, the hot and cold yeah <laughs> so I played that and I said like what if we do I, well I said Andy what's this song about and he said well it's about how like when you talk to a girl and you don't know what you're supposed to say I said well what if you do this a tale what? as old as time right yeah there. right I said I said <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I remember right there on the spot I said what if we, we go from your thing to like I wanna sing you love songs and, and he was like great yeah. And that was like the least we ever argued on the song I remember. Because usually ever. every other song like we've, we've written together was like a, a five hour debate where he would go home angry and then we'd, we'd talk about it the next day. Like, so maybe go to the, was your the, first wife? We'd also like write lyrics. We'd go to the different corners of the room yeah. and then like write down stuff and be like, no, nah, that's stupid. Yeah. No, I remember I remember there was, I can't, what, what's, I can't remember what song it was in, but there was a song. It might have been Girl Next Door or something where we argued about this like one chord like we were fucking yes or something. Like it's like it really, it really was that. I, I know what song it was. What what song was it? It it, it was a cut song. Oh, it was Penelope. Oh really? Penelope. Oh. oh, we don't talk about that song. The yeah, infamous Penelope. no. I love the that best song. song on the album. Andy cut. <laughs> Why did Andy cut it? He cut it because it was his song. He wrote the song right, and and he wrote the whole song, but he didn't have his lyrics were were he didn't like them. So or he liked them. But I was like, I think I could do something and make it fit this album. So I wrote the song about a, a girl, like a you know, suburban Midwestern girl, goes away to college on the East Coast and becomes a lesbian. Right? So that was my <laughs> song. Richie got his filthy bits all I, over another, that. Another tale as old as time. <laughs> well, I went to purchase. So like I saw it. Like I, I, wrote, I wrote what I knew. You wrote what you knew. So. <laughs> and... Um, I'm gonna play that. So it was, play Penelope. It went, uh, Go. Penelope, she used to be different. Play the verse. Wait. Penelope, she used to be different. No, what's the chord? No, that's right. She used to be different. Penelope's been acting so strange. Penelope said, uh, yeah. Penelope left me for a woman. No, Penelope said, oh, Penelope said I had it coming. When she left me for a woman today. That was the verse, chorus. No, the verse was dope, though. Oh, was, and then the verse was, like, was all minor. And, yeah. and my whole thing was Oh, that, it sounded um, like a Beatles was, song, right? No, it like was... A, um, Penelope and I had been a picture-perfect couple since the middle of the second grade. Um, 
Yeah. And uh, when we went to high school, it was like, it was, yeah. uh, it was cool. But it had like a cool groove on it, I remember. Yeah. It was like, it was all him. And then, and we record the whole thing, and he was like, and I don't like it. And then we cut it. It was so bad. The whole idea was, it was the, 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 bur- the verse had this weird minor thing, yeah, and yeah. I just wanted just major chords on the chorus. Yeah, kind of like what we did with. Oh, and, right. And then, oh, and and then you said, went to the, and then you went to the seven. And that was yeah. it. And, and I was like, like you nope. can't go to that chord. <laughs> and I was like, it has to be that chord. I'm like no. I was like, that's the only chord it could be. <laughs> but you already did that in Girl Next Door. That's the I, I, yeah. I. Or love songs. Oh yeah. Yeah, because it's my thing. Stop doing the same things always. It's okay. But it's, it's okay. nice. It sounds I'm Don't sorry, tell I me that. He has tell like tell Katy Perry the that. Same shirt. Yeah. <laughs> He's talking about one album, not yeah. a career's worth of. <laughs> um, it's all right. So then we cut that song and then we added. Uh, so glad. Um, so glad. And that was a. Good oh, you choice. had just written that. Yeah, that was that was that was a last. No, but your song was better than that. But anyway, so. Um, no, I was so glad it's good though. Um, I'm not so that. glad that Andy cut his song. So anyway, maybe one day we'll release it. Maybe you it. could write a song about Andy cutting yeah. the song. Like, <laughs> Andy, he cut this really Fuck you, song. Andy, for cutting the song, you dickhead. I love it already. Is that good? Uh, oh, no, you have to go to the make court. That like a, uh... You have to go there. Fuck you, Andy, you fucking dick. <laughs> Wait. Fuck you, Andy. You know what? That might have that got really tender for a so, second. Make that oh, no, no. But I, I'm not the first person to do that. Andy wrote this reggae song once when we were in high school called I'm Richie's Bitch. <laughs> do you remember that? Do you remember that? Not, I no, mean, but, sort of, but no, not but the really. Thing is, he says, listen to this song. And it was like this like kind of reggae song. and, and, and But it was a surprise. It was like, brown eye it was girl. like all of a sudden, like, <laughs> it's like, I'm Richie's bitch. La, 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 la. I'm Richie's bitch. La, 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 la. You express yourself. Do you still have that somewhere? That's some, that's some China know. syndrome right there. I <laughs> I just why, caught the loogie wait, on my, my pop <laughs> No, but, but you should... You <laughs> Because like because we can't really because offend each other. Yeah, that's what it comes it down to. It's like if we if if we could offend each offend each other, it, 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 we'd be gone already. But um, I think that's worth going to the archives of the four track recorder. Right. Well, I was going to say. I mean, that right. could be like a digital download, a website <laughs> exclusive. It's the B side for Penelope. Oh, the, the worst thing is when I made my first oh, CD. Bitch. Right, it's the anniversary edition with the cut tracks. <laughs> Been over ten years it's been since twenty Tupac. years, probably. No, since Tupac Adventure came out. Oh. I think. No, but the he, he went. The I recorded, my, I recorded my first album and I called it Alone in My Basement. And then Andy went home and did a cover album of my album called Alone in My Basement. It was kazoo and recorder and accordion. No, so, so you did all my songs. That's hilarious. He spent hours. You, know, you got like the first three songs down and it was just a mockery. Just a I know, mockery. I know Andy's a, a very, very That's strong commitment, to, commitment to mockery. Yeah. Like he'll spend real time yeah. mocking He won't let me put a great song that he wrote on our CD that's no, getting not released at all. to the public. Record three Richie, songs on recording. <laughs> Richie just spends recording. his mockery on love it. With, with Photoshop. Hours not joking, on Photoshop. <laughs> called it a recordian. I was writing papers. She's like, I used to play the recordian. I was like, the what? <laughs> the oh, what? Did you I stop because no one invented it yet? I circled it. I was like, 
Show me how to play that instrument. And you're like, here, I'll put my wine right here. Oh, don't say that. Some hipster's going to invent one now. And I, I, I know the guy, actually. I know exactly who's going to invent And you need to be the first one to play that. You, you love you, sound. You blow into it, and you blow into like a pedal board with yeah. like 30 fucking delay pedals on it or something. It's an accordion where you don't have to do this, and you just blow into a recorder tube to get the That's air called yeah. It's called the bagpipe. It's called the bagpipe. So this song... Um, the recordian. Yeah, so... Andy wrote it, wrote this, and he 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 had the verses, and then I wrote the choruses, and this was like sort of like and a weird. So, somehow we figured out how to not go, how to transition back into the verses. Yeah, and then like without, without, the, the thing is, this that's song the most sounds clever thing about this song, by the way, the way you go from the chorus right into like the second bar of yeah, the verse. I remember brilliant. playing this for someone. I can't remember who it was, and and they were just like they didn't like that. They were just they oh, felt like that. the chorus needed to breathe more because yeah. well the, like the one of the, like the, the the musical critiques I got from our two part invention album was that we didn't leave any space for anything it's like like all the arrangements were so tight and just like boom 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 there, there, was, there was no like there was never like a chord that rang out and then, <laughs> and then like you know two bars of nothing and then the vocal starts well, it was always like bah, 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 you were trying bah, to make you know? a hit pop song in every single song you wrote that was wasn't that the mission no well. The, Yes, but the problem is when when me me and Andy played all the tracks on this, with the exception of some a couple guest spots. But when we tried to get someone to play it with us live, it was impossible yeah. because the, all the arrangements were too hard, and and people would listen to it and be like, "Oh, this is easy." Until they go to play it, and you're like, "Oh, I'm screwing up everything." Oh, like we just did that. <laughs> like what nobody we just did heard like five that, Amory. Okay. But I do want to say one thing. Um, like this configuration, doing that song, yeah. I, I was like. Let's go on the road, man. Let's do this whole album. I think it's got. I think it's got some legs, some life left into it. People Who need to hear these songs. Who played in that band? Who played what? in that band? I remember the release party. Uh, it was me. You played it. I did. Yeah, I played. I played it. Like Ray Magnuski. You it. played, but no. First, it was first AJ Stockton. and Ray. It yeah. was me. It was me, Andy, AJ, and Ray. AJ Prascondola. Yeah, that was before AJ really became a serious musician. So I had to tab out every single song, and I did that. Oh man. I wouldn't do that anymore. <laughs> I was like 18 when that came out, or I may have just turned 19 because that remember that was that was at the cup. Yeah, it was well, 2005. I remember you coming down to like the uh, the Dock Street days when I was 16. Yeah, you're like a little little kid with like a real harsh voice. <laughs> yeah, and I had like pink hair. Um, I was 16. As yeah. Seven. So, yeah. Cool. so yeah, young. Um, the, cool the, is a word you could use. Yeah. <laughs> I, one, also, she was very young at the time. One thing I added to your verse, because I, I think I, I don't, you know, I don't remember and it's, I don't want to take credit for something I didn't do, but I think I added this. Like the guitar part. Yeah, definitely. Because I was trying to be like Glenn Tilbrook or something. Yeah. I can't believe you no, wrote well, your I was, guitar part. Yeah, oh I just God. like <laughs> mapped it out with like power chord kind of things. Yeah. And then I I love the chords we put in the solo section. The, yeah. um, uh, it's in the key of A, so it's um, D. F sharp, E, uh, E, A, F sharp, uh, F diminished, F sharp, uh, D, D, F diminished, F sharp minor, A7, oh. Oh. Uh, D, E, C sharp. Love that. the pre-chorus. Um, so for the solo, I might as well go over the tones really quick. So I have I have two patches I'm doing this song in, and I'm using the expression pedal. So here's the first tone. You can't hear this, but this is playing acoustic too. Oh, no. At the same okay. time. Yeah. 
I don't think we added an acoustic on the album. And then, no, it was a piezo direct. Oh, that's right. Definitely. And then um, when I bring the pedal down, it cleans the whole thing up. Uh, and then I have this cheese. Uh, but then I have this octave thing. Sounds like Prince. And then I have a. Uh, uh, Then it's like a, I use the, the the Mutron model and the harmonizer. <laughs> nice. So yeah, it's got, it's got some stank on it. This was hard. We yeah. we used a we recorded a lot of guitars. Yeah, that that was that that album took us a very very long time. Um, I never want to do that again. Like uh, like you know the thing that's nice about doing the band geek stuff is that I've learned how to do things way faster because of this. Like now we can <laughs> we can knock stuff out pretty quickly. But um, yeah, so that's about it. And uh, thank thanks again, Ralph, for requesting that. And thank you guys for learning our song, Andy and uh, yeah. Andy and Amory. We appreciate that. And uh, this is really actually a nice thing to get to play an original for a change on our yeah. cover podcast. So mm-hmm. okay, that's it. Um, uh, I don't. I guess I'm gonna splice this into other stuff. So. Yeah. Okay. Good. Okay. Now I'm gonna hand the show over to Joshua Batten, who is a young musician from Australia. Very talented guy, and he wanted to ask Anne Marie and I a few questions uh, in like an interview, but sort of like a conversational interview. So um, here's that. We're here in the Band Geek Studio. Uh, it's myself and Anne Marie, <laughs> and through the wonders of technology and the internet, we are communicating all the way to Australia with Band Geek superfan Joshua Batten, or Josh, as I was just Yay! informed. Say say hello. Hey guys, thanks so much for having me. Oh, this is awesome. And um, I don't know if I told you this, Josh, we're doing a Band Geek fan appreciation show. And when you said that uh, you wanted to talk to me and Amory about some music stuff, I said this would be a perfect like segment to put in that show. So um, this is very cool. But first I want to ask you a few questions. I'm going to interview you first before you interview us. Thanks. See, I flipped it. <laughs> Absolutely. Well I, well, I haven't really got anything prepared except uh, I've got an album coming out, so I'd love to talk about that and uh, just, um, I don't know, just have a general conversation. That's so. cool. Um, so uh, where in Australia do you live? You don't have to give us your exact street address, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, I live in Melbourne, which is uh, on, like the, uh, on the bottom of the southeast side. So if you look at a map, it's just uh, like the bottom... Right corner, just mm-hmm. before Tasmania, which is the uh, little triangle down the bottom. Cool. And um, so, and you're a musician, obviously. Yep. What do you play? Uh, only thing I know how to do. Uh, I'm a vocalist and singer, so uh, vocalist and guitarist. So and a uh, bit of other stuff on the side, but that's the main uh, two instruments that I've been doing for the last several years. I started playing guitar. Uh, in about third grade, and I'm 20, almost 22 now, so that's about uh, 13 years worth of playing. And then I was one of those guys who could sing before they could speak, so that's just <laughs> that's the only life I've known, basically. And um, you like, uh, I understand we have a lot of this, the same musical tastes. Uh, you're into prog rock, and, but you're also into blues, which is the weird combination that I have going on. Absolutely, yeah. It's it's especially weird because uh, I've just put out, I've just finished a blues record, but uh, 
I've just been to uh, on cruise to the edge in, uh, in from Tampa, Florida, down to Cozumel, Cozumel Mexico, with uh, with Yes and Kansas and Mike Portnoy and uh, Spock Beard and all these fantastic musicians, and so and also took part in the late night jam uh, there, where wait wait we basically just played. There's a jam for the guests on that cruise. Yeah, so it's called the late night live prog experience, and the way it works is. Uh, it we start organizing it. Uh, the cruise is in February. In February tw- twenty seventeen, we started organizing this in like April twenty sixteen. <laughs> so basically, there's a whole grid of songs. Uh, uh, we put in we put in our, uh, the songs that we want to play, and then uh, other musicians from America and uh, the UK and Iceland. We all put on. Uh, uh, we all put down our names for which part we want to play, on what song. And then it's up to the organisers to curate uh, a list over four ni- over the four nights of the cruise, and then we uh, for yeah. So from about twelve o'clock till three in the morning uh, and beyond each night, it's just uh, uh, in in one of the main rooms. It's it's just a, a massive session. It's very well orchestrated by uh uh rob rutz who's our host and uh a few stage managers also who were involved and uh yeah so just one of the best experiences ever that's and, that's uh, amazing what what songs what what type, type of songs do you play on that so uh it's all prog with a couple of exceptions uh actually uh so just before although just before i went on the cruise there was uh uh, I love a couple uh, uh, in Florida, uh, the Goldmans, Bill and Devorah, organized a thing called Prog on the Ranch, which is uh, run in a similar sort of fashion. We had a grid and we had uh, things to bid on, but uh, the song choices were a little bit more lenient. So um, on that one, I played uh, Thick as a Brick, Xanadu, um, uh, Ramble On. Uh, do you know a guy called Bale Gregma? Yeah. I know Bali. Yeah, so he was there. Yeah, so he, we we played drums. Uh, he played drums, and I played guitar on "Don't Fear the Reaper." So, oh, cool. That was, uh, yeah, so that was a massive amount of fun, and that was just as the sun was going down. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but no. So that was like my first experience. So this was two days before we set sail, and uh, it was. Uh, so that was the first experience I really had to meet a whole bunch of the musicians who I'd been speaking to. Uh, over the internet, I, uh, I borrowed. Uh, I use a PRS at home, but uh, I borrowed a JP Music Man from a guy in Iceland who was coming over, and um, that was my next question uh, about how do they, how do you get your instruments there, or do they? I'm sure they supply backline and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, yeah. so they, they supply a very basic backline with. Uh, so on on the actual cruise, I think it was uh, a black uh, two amps, one Black Star, one Marshall, uh, and. Um, uh, bass guitar and there's a keyboard player who brought like six uh, six keyboards across two racks and uh, programmed them all for like 74 songs. Wow! So uh, yeah, oh my so God. like so like when we got to like the big the big song for me was uh, "Open Up Your Eyes" by Flying Colors, which I sang and played uh, rhythm guitar for, and uh, uh, the guy Alex is his name, and he managed to get the keyboard sounds. Uh, just about perfect for every song, so it's so props to him on just putting in all that work and a, a few songs that didn't actually get played as well because we ran out of time. But it's just uh, yeah, one of the most amazing experiences. We do a and cruise. So, we we do a Blue Oyster Call every once in a while. Does the 
the Rock Legends cruise. Is that what it's called? The yeah. Classic. Um, and we there's no fan jam on that, but I think that that's a cool idea. I think that's someone's really thinking. Well, but you know what oh, the wait, thing but is. What about the Marshall Tucker jam? But that, that's for the guys in the bands. Oh, you know what I mean? But the, the thing about yeah. but the thing about prog rock is like it's it's since the seventies it's become like a musician's type of music. So it would make sense that most of the guys who are on this sort of cruise are musicians. Uh, although the next time we yeah. do the, the Rock Legends cruise, I want to see if we can do some sort of band geek event there because I think a lot of band geek listeners go to that cruise. Well, we met John Johnson That's on that cruise. That's right. I'm sorry. That would be fantastic to get something going there. So like the whole thing began actually because this is the fourth time they've done the cruise and the first time I think it was just – uh, five, uh, ten guys crowded around a piano, just uh, just singing, singing like close to the edge and wondrous stories and some, stuff like that. And then the following year, uh, they actually started it off. It, it was called uh, the After Hours Electric Prog Jam, which is like so much easier to say. <laughs> but uh, uh, and now this this is the first year that uh, like it's been under new, under new management, run very much in the same way. And actually, a few of the guys. Uh, and the best part is uh, the actual musicians on the crew is actually co- some uh, on occasion come down and watch us so and even join in as well. So we had Randy George from the Neil Morse Band playing uh, Down on a Volcano in Los Angeles and uh, wow. uh, John Davison came down and sang The Musical Box, uh, which was incredible because he'd never sung a Genesis song in his life, so he claims. And then for my tunes, I got I got uh, praise from Patrick Moraz, from John, and from Pat Mastellotto. Wow. So just to to work with all these to to perform for these guys was just um, yeah something I've never never experienced back home. So was that your first time in the states? I've been to the states a couple of times uh, now. So that that was my third trip, but it was my first time on the east coast. Uh, the first two times I just did like uh, L.A., Vegas, and then a skiing trip in Breckenridge with a couple open mics uh, uh, around Colorado. But so, but never made it as far as New York yet. Well, um, mm. us, us, a hell of a flight. us Americans would like to know what you think of Outback Steakhouse. There is no such thing as Outback Steakhouse <laughs> in this country. Um, and, no, uh, no Americans watched... want to know that. And Shut you up, Because you saw that dumb commercial this morning. Oh god! Yeah, exactly. I, I was watching. I was. I was watching a few of those commercials when I in my hotel room in. Uh, in uh, in Park City in Utah, where we, we spent a few days uh, in, in Utah skiing afterwards, and uh, I would just, every time one of those ads was thinking, I'm thinking this has got to be an American doing an accent. This this cannot be an, uh, an Australian. Of course. Um, but no, we do have our own we do have our own franchises and, as well. So it's uh, so it's fair play. <laughs> Come to get your America burgers. I was just gonna say America burgers. I was gonna go right for that. Um, so before we, before I hand over the reins to you, uh, I'm going to give you a quick uh, plug here. Talk about your album and wh- and what's on it and where and and where people can get it. Yeah. So uh, at the moment, I've got two singles out, both on Bandcamp and iTunes. One's called Homemade Wine, and that's uh, a more of a blues rock tune. And uh, uh, the other song is called Poetry, which is more of a, a folk rock song or just folk song, which is inspired by. Uh, the Los Angeles Poet Society, mm. and um, so they're both on Bandcamp and iTunes now. And the album we've, I've had to uh, rethink the release date for the album though because it's because uh, the launch 
concert. Uh, what most independent bands do, I think, uh, don't know if it's the case over there, but it's rather than booking a tour, which is uh, a whole bunch of effort, we just do one gig and uh, one local gig and invite everyone out to it. And so that's going to take place on May 6th um, at uh, a place called Revolver Bandroom, which is a lovely place in, in the middle of the city. Does, does that then, get a live uh, stream or something like that? Uh, I don't think we'll do a live stream. I may film like a couple of videos and stuff and just put it on YouTube. But so we're looking at about, I think April 21st will probably be the release date. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hold mm-hmm. me to that, but that's probably what's going to be. And so the album is called searching for answers and it's, uh, it's more of a mini album, six tracks, uh, half an hour of music, but, um, uh, and, uh, I've got four guys and we're all big, uh, we're all big blues and prog fans. So we're all hoping to, move into more complicated territory um, uh, as uh, somewhere down the track because uh, we're putting out the record under my own name. But uh, Nick, uh, if we do want to try and write as a band, so it's a Joshua Batten record, but the band's called Batten Down. Okay, cool. So with, yeah. with that, so so be sure to look out for that, Band Geek fans. Uh, we support the... Uh we support everybody's contribution to the musical world. And uh, with that, I'm going to hand the reins of my show over to Joshua Batten, a man I've never met before. And, he's, and he, he, can, well, he can make or break my show right now. So, sir, you have the show. It's all yours. Take it away. Well, I suppose it'll probably just be probably be just more of the same, actually, just with a, just with a different accent, I think. Because... Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't really prepare any questions. Uh, I do want to talk about, uh, just, uh, I do want to briefly say that um, when I found your show, I was uh, in a, uh, a real slump. I just thought, oh man, I'm, I'm, uh, it was at a point where like my album was like, I had all the songs written for the album, but didn't really, nothing was going anywhere. And, um, and then I found uh, the Starship Trooper cover uh, on YouTube and uh, it just, um, that just blew me away. Um, not only because it was like, because uh, it was guys, uh, not only because it, it was a female singer singing yes, but also just the fact that it was actually well produced and well put together. And so, like when I was a kid, I put together like my own fantasy cover bands and like uh, created like history for them and uh, and names and stuff and created like the whole set list and stuff. But to actually have like uh, so, what you guys are doing is essentially. Like my fantasy come to life, just like the world's <laughs> best cover band, and um, um, and just uh, to have a singer who's incredibly versatile and and because like, I found that a lot of because I always wanted uh, when I was growing up in school, like we had singers and we had musicians and stuff, but it was uh, uh, the singers tended to be the female singers in particular tended to be one of two types. They were either just full on pop, like uh, your Taylor Swift and stuff. Or they were doing the R and B thing, like Lana Del Rey or Adele, and so there was really no middle ground, and nobody was really, and like, like there was kid, there was girls who kind of appreciated Led Zeppelin and stuff, but nobody was really into the same kind of music that I was, um, and that's why it took me a long time because, like, I started my whole interest in music, uh, or my whole interest in rock and roll, kind of began with. Uh, the trifecta was ELO, Fleetwood Mac, Queen uh, at age seven, and then, then the Beatles and everything kind of spread out from there. And but uh, but for a long time, I was I wasn't really learning much because nobody was really showing me stuff. And it wasn't until 
I got to high school that one of my mentors uh, showed me Yes songs and uh, and I was just getting into Pink Floyd at the time. And so from there, I think just everything moved on. And then finally, um, Ed, I just want to point out that like, I've told you before that like uh, Rush were never popular, massively popular in Australia to the point where they could tour here and it would be financially viable. They'd have to play clubs. So the only way I found out about them was actually through Guitar Hero and uh, where through playing Spirit of Radio. And from there, just and just through looking at that, I started looking at their stuff. And once I realised I could name all the members, I and I just thought, well, might as well, might as well keep keep exploring. And and through that, that's basically been the explosion for my whole uh, for my whole career and my desire to be. Uh, to learn and be even better. I've just finished a three-year music degree. Congratulations. Um, so it's just been, yeah, it's just been uh, fantastic. And now I've got this, now I've spent taking the year off where, to hopefully just uh, try and promote the hell out of my record and get some gigs and actually be a, a, a working freelance musician. Well, I think I think you brought up an interesting point, and I do want to ask Anne-Marie about that. Because um, you said, that, and I find a lot of that is similar here, with female singers where um, they want to go the pop route, um, the singer songwriter pop route, or they want to go the R&B diva, you know, vocal gymnastics route. Uh, and I'm not mm. saying that Amory, you don't, you can't do those, but what makes, because when I met you, you were 16 years old and you were already singing like Robert Plant stuff. Um, what makes someone that age want to do that as opposed to what most girls want to do? Well, one, one, I'm not very much like most girls. I'm like more like most guys at that age, uh, to be honest. Um, but all right, let me think. Um, so I came up in musical theater and I, you know, I want to say like end of middle school, beginning of high school, I started getting really into metal and I started, um, not prog just yet. I remember... My first foray into Prague um, was this guy, Mickey Rosso, Dom Rosso, he goes by now. You know who I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. Rich. I was a freshman, and we were in the lunchroom, and I remember he signed my shoe, uh, because that was something we did back then. I don't know, you write things on people's shoes. He signed my shoe, he goes, nice face, dick. I was like, oh, (laughs) okay, I like you, you're funny. And then he made me this mm. mix CD of like, you know, Creator, Death, there was Dream Theater on there. And I heard Dream Theater, and especially coming from musical theater, I was like, oh, what's this? What's this? So do you remember was, what Dream Theater song it was? Or, yeah, um, it was, it was, it, um, it was uh, Fatal Tragedy. Um, oh, yeah. So, right. I mean, I heard it, I was like. Oh. That was my first Dream Theater song, too. Oh, the whole yeah. thing it's just so theatrical it was perfect bridge to get me into like the heavier stuff but at that time I was already listening to like Metallica and I was already listening to Pantera and all that other stuff but um, but you were also I mean you also were singing stuff like Respect I wasn't and... I, I wasn't I wasn't not until I was like 15 or 16 well, that's when so, I met you so yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so I'm, I'm getting there I'm getting there so <laughs> if anyone who knows me uh, will know that I like to pay very close attention to detail on things and I like when things are legitimate so you know if if I want to if I like a Led Zeppelin song and I want to sing a Led Zeppelin song I'm gonna sing it like that and nothing will infuriate me more than like when a girl comes up and like sings it like she's Pat Benatar or like um, you know name any Broadway vocalist you know that would drive me nuts that's interesting that's, that's, 
Well, another yeah. thing, Anne Marie, that's like a peeve of Anne Marie's, is that she will not gender swap. Like, if a song's sung by a man to a woman, she will sing it like she's a man singing it to a woman. She will not gender, gender swap. I gender swap once in a blue, but very rarely do I ever do that. But Unless know, like, it's, like, really obvious and strange. Uh, you gotta be yeah. true to the song, man. That's the way the song was written. I mean, I like gender swapping if it's funny and it's, it's, it's tongue-in-cheek, you know, mm. but I really don't find the need to do that. It's funny, I was just doing that this morning. I was studying for some stuff I have to sing tomorrow night. We're doing this, like, um... New Orleans jazz thing for Fat Tuesday. And um, there's this one song, and it's, you know, the whole thing is like, she, 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 her, this uh, St. James Infirmary. Let her go, let her go, da, da, da. And I'm like, I tried gender swapping, it just felt weird. I was like, yeah, screw it, whatever. Yeah. I'll be singing to another one. Well, the other, the other option to do that would be like in, to, to put, it in the, put it in the third person. But, um, but no, I understand what you're uh, – like I, I tried doing stuff like that with uh, a couple of female singers I was working with uh, just as I got out of high school. And uh, uh, it sucked because there was one like uh, we, we did uh, Black Magic Woman, the Fleetwood Mac version, yeah. and it really suited the voice, but it just uh, – she just wasn't comfortable with uh, uh, with the vocals, so that was one of the reasons why that project never really went anywhere. Um, That's a difficult thing to negotiate. And listen, I had to I had to learn. Like my first band, um, besides you know the coffee house stuff, like you know I would do like cool rock songs, but like acoustic versions and stuff. Very rarely did I get up and sing rock stuff. The, the only time I really ever would was actually when I would come see your band play mm-hmm. because you guys were playing all this cool stuff that nobody else except for, like, I was friends with all guys. So uh, my friend James... Yeah. What was that? Yeah, sorry to interrupt. Yeah, so it's something I've never actually never actually uh, learned. Maybe you've spoken about it, maybe you haven't. Uh, I haven't heard every episode. But uh, So how did you guys actually meet and, when, and like what age and when was it? Oh, do you, do you want me to field this one, Richard? Okay, so... Um, I actually, I was almost about to like get into that right now. So I was about 15, 16. And like I said, I was doing musical theater. And I remember um, I did a summer theater thing. Um, We did Godspell. And I was one of the only high school students who did it. Everybody else was in college already. And um, we did Godspell. And the pit band, in the pit band was this guy, Chris Kuffner. Chris Kuffner was in a band with Richie called Hit Me With It. And simultaneously, as I'm in the pit band with this guy, and, you know, he's cool and we're talking, whatever, um, and significantly older. I mean, he's in, he was probably like 23 or 24 at the time, right? You guys are the same age? Yeah. So probably 23 or 24 at the time. I'm 15. Um, I'm talking to all the musicians because I played guitar in Godspell, like, on, like, on stage because I was playing at the time. And, um... Mm. So in the show I had played and, you know, they were talking to me about it. I was like, oh, yeah, cool. And I was eager to learn anything. So simultaneously, one of the people that I did theater with all the time, this guy James, he um, he was like, you got to see this band. You got to see this band. You got to go down to Dock Street. You have to see this band hit me with this. This guy, Richie Castellano, is a ridiculous, ridiculous guitar player. Like, And, you know, he's super verbose in the way he was saying it so you know he had nothing but great things to say i was like oh yeah sure so then me and my friend jackie would drive down with her little red convertible down to like the ghetto and uh, go see this band play at this like dive bar on a tuesday night like a school night junior senior year of high school and that's how i met richie and when i met richie i had already known the bass player through this pit band thing and um 
I met Richie, and I remember one of the first times I spoke to him, I was like, man, you guys were so good. I loved uh, whatever song, Carry My Wayward Son, for example. Oh, I loved when you guys did that. And I go to give him a hug, and he goes, okay, thanks, bye. And he, like, walks off, looks at the floor and walks <laughs> off. I was like, what the hell? I, I was very Asperger-y when it came to women. <laughs> He was, he was bad. He was like, okay, cool, Don't bye. Don't get me started on Asperger's, man. Uh, it's uh, my crust to bear. Yeah, oh. but, uh, no, but I, I, yeah. I understand a little bit of it, so <laughs> I know the feeling. Yeah, it's just the, uh, I, had the, um, I, I had the social anxiety. I mean, I still do. It's just I, uh, I suppress it a lot better than I used to now. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's think, how we uh, met. I'm trying to be a bit more social uh, these days, especially with the uh, uh, like, uh, – Either potential fans or potential um, investors, I guess you could say. Well, it, <laughs> but no, that's, the interesting yeah. thing about music is, especially the way you do it and the way I do it, is a lot of it's done when you're by yourself and you know introverted. Yet you have to sit there and think about things for a long time, and then when you're done with it, you have to completely shift gears and be everybody look at me, look at what I did. So it's this weird, you know, switch you have to turn on and off in your head. Yeah. yeah, and for me personally, like uh, f- that's where I was for a long time. Uh, like, and like I remember, like the last few years of high school, I was trying to get a band together, and then, and then just thought, oh, screw it, if you want to do something right, you got to do it yourself. Um, uh, and just, and then started doing acoustic uh, gigs, but I was still writing with uh, a band mentality. So, mm-hmm. um, and it wasn't until like this past year where uh, I met. Uh, uh, well, I knew a couple of the, I knew my key, bass player and my keyboard player before, and then a couple of years ago, my friend, uh, my drummer Shane, moved over from the Gold Coast, which is uh, uh, a bit like uh, like the Australian Vegas, and um, uh, and so we, I told him what I was doing. I was working on a record, and I needed a drummer, and uh, uh, we had a jam, and uh, just everything clicked from there, and. Uh, so we're doing a gig this weekend as well, which uh, should be, it's just like an afternoon festival thing. And yeah, I try to do gigs uh, very sporadically with the band as opposed to very frequently on my own, just so it doesn't, um, uh, doesn't get too worn out. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that way we can try and bring in, bring in a bigger crowd for each gig. Yeah, no. uh, we're hope, hoping to do some interstate stuff uh, later in the year because uh, uh, it hasn't been. They haven't confirmed the date, but Steve Hackett is about to, is going to come out for his first ever Australian tour, uh, and um, cool. so I'm hoping to go and go over to Brisbane and see him, and then work in a couple of dates uh, around that as well. Did you come see us when we played in Australia? I was just finishing high school. I really wanted to, but a I wasn't a massive Blue Oyster Cult fan at the time. Even though I knew how special it was, it's like, hang on, the, finally we get them out, um, and uh, and of course you, you guys were opening for Hootie Gurus on that tour as well, yep. so um, who are like uh, Aussie icons and stuff. But um, uh, and no, I think it was yeah, so it was just a timing issue, and um, oh, it's all good. I'm just just breaking chops. Um, that was it, yeah, it, it I'm, was cool to go there uh, to, to Australia. It was. Uh, was that two years ago? I think so. That was uh, 2013, I think. Oh, wow. So wow, is years. that long ago? Holy crap. Mm. Holy crap. Yeah. I, I forgot. We had, a, we, had a, we, had a, we had a guy on the cruise, uh, his name's Tim, lives in Sydney, uh, saw you guys on the tour, and uh, actually 
was telling me about uh, some of the great stuff. And uh, thanks to him, I started listening to um, what was the, uh, the first live album, I think. On Your Feet uh, or On oh, Your Knees? Uh, second one, I think, actually. Oh, ETL, Extraterrestrial Live? No. Is that, no. Um... no. For, for Your Consideration or something. Or, um, I got it on Spotify. I'll, I'll, I'll find it again. That's, that's um, shitty that I don't know what it is. <laughs> way to go. <laughs> Whoops. You, you are forgiven, man. Yeah, it, like it's it's okay, but uh, but no, um, you may have to cut this bit out. But no, it's, it's, it's okay. Uh, um, but so no, it's so that so from there, I just yeah. So I'm slowly getting into the back catalog uh, and stuff. So hopefully by the time if if and when you guys do come out again, I'll I'll be more of an expert and I'll definitely be there. <laughs> do you um do you are you do you have an active YouTube channel? Yes, I still need to work on uh, getting some more professionally shot stuff there. We did record, we did have two cameras going on my recital and we've got uh, uh, a, uh, a mix board, a soundboard recording of, of that night. I saw your cover uh, of Money. I think you did Pink Floyd Money. Yeah. And so I did, yeah, so I did three, I did six songs that night. I did three originals. Uh, uh, and then three covers. I, did. I shot the sheriff, money, and locomotive breath. Oh, I love that song. I, I heard money um, on on his we're Facebook friends, mm-hmm. and I heard money, and yeah, you, my, you my crushed it, man. That. You you were great. It was awesome. Great voice. Really nice stuff. Yeah, yeah like I think I'm like Amory. Like I'll, I'll try and uh, 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 try and do it. Uh, uh, Try and get a combination of my own voice and whatever voice I'm trying to do uh, at this time. Uh, actually, just uh, on the cruise, I did Dogs as well, which was the only like proper big long epic that uh, that we did, and that was a hell of a lot of fun. And that was the one that Patrick Mraz saw. So, um, yeah, that's just, uh, that's so awesome. Huh. I yeah. always get when when we get to play with uh, with other bands. Like for example, um, I'm a big fan of the guitar player Gary Hoey. Uh, wonderful guitar player, and we're doing a sound check, and I'm playing, and Gary Hoey, you know, was sharing the bill with us, and he walks up on the stage, and I forgot how to play guitar all of a sudden. <laughs> I just <laughs> oh, did yeah. I tell you what my first gig with Almost Easy, Gary, we opened up for Gary Hoey. Really? Yeah, at the Stone Pony. Oh wow! But, it was very weird. And yeah, then Brian, his bass player didn't make it in time, and then Brian played bass for Gary Hoey. Really? Yeah, I never told you that. No, I didn't know that story. Wow. The more yeah, you know. So the only professional musicians I actually uh, jammed with uh, were, uh, well, there was an informal jam where uh, out at the piano bar where Rio Okamoto played, uh, uh, from Spock's Beard, played uh, Superstition on keyboards, and I just started uh, jumping in on vocals. <laughs> and then, but, uh, but for the formal jam, uh, there's a band called District 97 who are on the cruise. They yeah. came over from Chicago and they were, uh, you know them, Anne Ray? Yeah, I actually, I just found out about them this weekend. Um, I, I actually heard about this cruise, Cruise to the Edge, and I heard a bunch of bands that were on the cruise and I was like, oh, damn, I yes. did, did a prog rock so, cruise? That's crazy. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so Leslie Hunt is their lead singer. She was on, she was like a semi-finalist on American Idol about 10 years ago. Yeah, and, I heard, uh, and, and she's like, she's got all the moves and stuff, but like, it's not necessarily, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Props to her for like dancing, dancing to prog, which is uh, <laughs> a hard thing to do. She does it well. Yeah, she does like, imagine <laughs> yeah, a prog rock band with like an American Idol singer on top of it. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a tangent for a second because th- you just reminded yeah, me of so a really funny so, story. 
I'll just finish, uh, just want to finish my thing. So basically the drummer of that band, Jonathan, we played Synchronicity 2. And so that was like the only proper jam, uh, proper song I did with like one of the actual musicians on board. And so, but now they're good mates of mine, but, uh, but go ahead. Oh no, th- th- this is just a stupid story. This was <laughs> totally fine. As you are wont to have. Yes. We did, um, my first prog rock band I had when I was 19 years old and it was with Andy Escalise and Andy Graziano and, um, we booked a gig for a friend of ours at a naval training academy um, hmm. in Annapolis, and we were the the, the band. Played in Maryland. Yeah, and um, we were playing, and we and we got a whole set of party tunes. Like we did Santeria and all the. the I thought like party tunes, like hold the line, is no, like no, the, no. The, the most. <laughs> no, we did we did what we had to do. You know, owner of a lonely heart is our party tune. But. But, you know, we were going down the set and we played all the Weezer and all the other shit that we were supposed to play for drunk people. And then we were starting to run into songs and we said, okay, we have to do our original. We had an original uh, that was in 7-8. Which song? It was called Hold On, right? And we had... We just your dreams, yeah. don't let them slip away. Okay, thank you sorry, for that. Sorry. So then um, we, had, we just had our CDs printed up. So we said... We're gonna play this song, and they're gonna just totally like lose interest. So we came up with this idea. We said, "Okay, we have five CDs here. We're going to give them to you, but whoever does the best dance to the song will get it. This is a very hard song to dance to. So whoever does the best dance will get the CD." That's and all a seven, of a sudden, eight. Yeah, it's like that's like the groove. So so all of a sudden, like all these like cute girls came out of nowhere and did like the sexy hip shake dance in seven eight and it was a beautiful thing and they all won did CDs. any of them like catch the downbeat the right way who gives a shit i gives a shit <laughs> but that was my yeah, that well, was my uh, prog dance story yeah <laughs> yeah yeah as soon as i heard uh naval bass i thought where's he going with this and get the real <laughs> spinal yeah but uh um but no, I've actually had uh, we've actually had uh, like my bandmates' girlfriends uh, dance to money when we've done it uh, at the gigs. So I um, feel like money is like, a little bit easier to dance to because it's it's got like a yeah, solid yeah. groove to it. Like it grooves, yeah, and you don't know you're in four, seven. Four, so it's uh, yeah, but no, like uh, uh, I charted. Uh, I also do uh, uh, also write out Sibelius charts in my spare time and stuff, and so. I wrote out a chart for Watcher of the Skies. I don't know if we'll ever get to do it, but uh, if we do, I'd love to see uh, what happens with the audience there. Because, again, like most, most of the guys who come see us are just uh, are more family friends who are more into, like, uh, either, like, older guys who are into the same kind of music that I am or with most of the guys my age, they're more into, like, the indie thing. Uh, so uh, it's, it's great to, like... Uh, get praise from people who aren't necessarily rock fans and, right. and understand and get into that. So now just one month, one other thing I uh, wanted to discuss was, um, was, uh, uh, midnight oil have just announced this massive, uh, reunion tour, uh, doing a couple of shows, uh, a few shows actually in, in America. And what's surprised me now is that, uh, that I think this, this, they went on sale a week ago and they've all sold out the American dates. Wow. I'm not. So, a, like, I, I'm not hugely familiar with that band. I don't know about you. No. Uh, how do we sleep while our beds are burning? Oh, That's yeah. the only song I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but it's it's great that like because uh, but if you get into some of their other stuff, they're actually uh, one of the biggest uh, uh, political bands, I suppose, in general. But like one of the 
I suppose, yeah, kind of a musician's band as well if, if you're outside Australia, but just uh, um, uh, doing pretty well. And the funny thing is, like, the lead singer, Peter Garrett, has been, like, uh, the environmental health minister for the last 10 years. Really? So that's one of the... Yeah, so that's <laughs> a rare example of a, of a musician turned politician actually doing doing uh, doing the right thing. So, oh, that's amazing! First, yeah, so that was his uh, that was his whole thing, and the, yeah, so the stuff it's most of the lyrics like you won't quite understand if uh, unless you're a real expert. Like beds are burning, I think it's about um, uh, kind of about the, uh, about the stolen generation and. Uh, 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 planting over the Aboriginal lands and stuff and uh, uh, which for, for years there was no proper apology or anything. So by like they, actually, they performed the song at the Sydney Olympics with like giant uh, uh, with uh, jump boots that said sorry on them and stuff. So it was, oh my uh, God. Yeah. yeah. So heavy, it's yeah. a little, uh, I'm not, I'm not a political expert, so don't quote me on this, but definitely uh, if you get a chance, uh, uh, They've got uh, a couple of great albums, Blue Sky Mining and uh, Diesel and Dust, I think, are the two big one, uh, big ones for them internationally. But it's great they're doing this uh, massive tour that finishes. Uh, so it start, they're going to start with like a club date in Sydney, then do South America, then uh, the USA, and then Europe, and then come back and do this massive Australian tour. Because the problem with touring Australia is there's only five major capital cities so, um, so for like a band like Lewis to call you really, it's really only just, uh, um, Melbourne, Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, and then maybe if you're lucky Adelaide and then Perth, which is all the way on the other side. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you guys so, do when you uh, went over there? Do you remember? Shit. I think I only did a couple of headline shows. Most of them were, I know uh, you did Sed- Sydney and Melbourne. I'm going to um, look this up right now. He's, he's yeah, currently so, looking this up. Type, 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 yes, type. it was a festival organised by a band called the Hoodoo Gurus, who are an Australian band from uh, late seventies, early eighties. Um, kind of, um, um, I want to say Pretenders, but with a bit more, um, but with a male singer. Yeah. Um, Interesting. And so, yeah, and so they were doing like, uh, they, I think it was the second year they'd done their festival, and um, so, and um, yeah. And the Blue, Bluest Cold that were the big international band that uh, they got for that year. Oh yeah, we see. Yeah. We only ha- they only did Brisbane, uh, Melbourne, and Sydney. Just and those and three. Tweed Heads. Mm. Yeah, which I'm not too familiar with. So it must be like really out, out on the outskirts. I, I think we so did think some of our, of our own gigs too. There, I don't remember. Yeah, you did, yeah, you did the Prince Band Room in Melbourne, which is uh, a great uh, a great little venue. It's uh, with like the stage in the corner and. Uh, 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 actually, uh, yeah, so Joe Bonamassa, I saw him there a couple of years ago. What he did was, uh, uh, there's a, there's an Australian band called Cold Chisel, who are like the lead singer of that guy's, is a guy called Jimmy Barnes. And he's, if you go, if you come over there and mention Jimmy Barnes, it's like mentioning Robert Plant. That's how big Cold Chisel are down here. Um, and, uh, her, his daughter Mahalia, uh, put together an album of Betty Davis covers and Kevin Shirley was producing it and who's. And uh, they said, well, we got to get Joe on board for this. So Joe played on all the songs. And uh, I've got the album here. It's called Ooh Yeah, the Betty Davis Songbook. And they did two launch shows, one in, uh, one in Sydney and uh, one in Melbourne. And um, uh, Joe was at both of them. Because considering Joe's now big enough that when he comes out to Australia, which is about every year and a half, uh, he, he could do like the big theatres. Um, 
to see him in uh, a small place doing uh, doing the, these funk and soul tunes with uh, um, it was just uh, it was just fantastic. And there were guys there like who were and the fact that there was also like diehard Barnes fans there who'd never heard of Joe uh, as well. So great to see them. And uh, also uh, just one more plug for the guy for Mahalia's keyboard player, Lucky Dolly, who played uh, keyboards on Glenn Hughes' latest record as well. So um, great uh, Australian uh, organ and uh, whammy clavinet uh, player, definitely. Uh, oh, I love that out. thing, the whammy clav- clavinet. It's a whammy clavinet. It's got like this big yeah. pipe sticking out of it that you can use as like a pitch bender. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it's awesome. On a clavinet, but yeah. a clavinet I doesn't... Saw, I saw a Facebook video of some guy just like ripping it up on the thing. But it's like, instead of, instead of like having a pitch bender, it's, it's, it's this big rod that sticks out of it yeah. like like a big yeah. freaking rod that sticks out of the thing. Like a whammy bar. Yeah, it's like a giant whammy bar. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, Joshua, we're going to we're gonna wrap it up. Do you have any, any last questions or anything you want to say before we let you go? Well, um, I'm looking forward to whatever uh, new music you guys put out and uh, stuff. I could, say, I could talk on forever, but just uh, um, I find – I just want to say I found that most of the stuff I've really liked from you guys is just the stuff I've ne- uh, I myself have never heard before. Hmm. So like – Falling, I was uh, I'd never heard it before. You guys did it, and oh, calling, uh, yeah. I went back went, went back and listened to the album. I'm trying to get through talking now, uh, but honestly, I, I uh, I've told you this before. I uh, your version of the calling I think is is better than yeses. <laughs> and come on. And <laughs> same with the with uh, with the uh, Anne Marie. Like it's just there's a crap there's a, a crappy quality. Um, uh, how come you don't call me anymore? Which I absolutely adore, but I'm not a Prince fan, and I can't stand Prince uh, or, or his versions. So, uh, well, that song yeah, is so phenomenal. Just, I heard that song for the first time. That was on Alicia Keys did a cover of that on her first ah, album, makes- "Songs in A Minor," and that was my favorite song in the album. And then I realized. 10 years later that it wasn't even her. It's not even her song. I was like, man, of course, man, that's, oh, man. And, you know, it just turns out that I'm doing all these uh, Prince Symphonic gigs now, and um, it wasn't on the set. And then the first day, the keyboard player got, gets, like, this big solo. This guy, Justin Avery, he's dynamite, dynamite musician. He plays with Meatloaf. Um, and he, for his keyboard solo, in lieu of a solo, he plays and sings that. Oh, wow. Front to back. And he did it when we were on stage, and I go, <gasps> I was freaking out, because I that's when it, like that's a go-to song for me at this point. Like I just love that song so much. I love the chords. I love like that it jams, but it also has like really just like very interesting, interesting chords in that. And I like the message. I like everything about that song. And when he played that, I was like, Oh, thank God. Can we just like do this for real? Like, can we all do the background vocals? Because the song is just a piano and vocals. That's it. But I guess yeah, the- so like, if you want to do like a bigger arrangement for that, because uh, the the one thing I hate about uh, the fact that it was just uh, I I asked you a little while back for an MP3 of it, and you said oh, I was just a camera into the computer, and I, if if I wanted to, I could rip it off YouTube, but the quality would be crap. Oh yeah, uh, it was it was ripping- a cell phone. It was a cell phone camera. I did it on my iPhone. I yeah, did it the day Prince yeah. died, and I recorded it on my iPhone. Yeah, but no, but what I've been doing is I've got like a little uh, Best of Band Geek compilation in my iTunes. I've been taking the songs from, from the podcast and uh, uh, and just putting in there. And so if you guys have, uh, and I'm sure I will continue to do that with uh, future songs, but if you guys have ever, ever 
yeah, I'd be. Ha- I'd, uh, I'm sure if you guys did more print stuff, I'd be, I'd definitely put that in there, and I'd probably listen to it like a thousand <laughs> times more than any of the actual stuff. Yeah, we haven't really done yeah. any print stuff on the show. That's true. We got. Have, we haven't that. done any prints on the show. No, I mean, there, yeah. There's yeah, no exactly. there's no rhyme or reason to w- w- how we pick songs. It's just. Yeah, you know. I mean, a lot of it has to uh, do that, with the guests that we have. You guys, was that um, so? Like, how much preparation do you guys do? Like, is is it just a first run through that we're hearing uh, on the thing, or is there no? Actually- um, well, <laughs> well, well, no. Um, so yeah, I, I posted something about the Village Underground. We we had a rehearsal for that, and it might have been that, or it might have been Heart of the Sunrise. But I remember I posted up like a clip or a picture from the rehearsal, and I go, oh, so I guess we rehearse now. We do not rehearse. The first thing we ever. The first thing we ever rehearsed for was Heart of the Sunrise, and then we rehearsed, and The Calling, and then we rehearsed yeah. for The Village Underground. That being said, everybody rehearses on their own. Everybody goes home, they, yeah. learns their, they learn their stuff. Sometimes we know the song like a couple days in advance. Oftentimes, I'm looking at you, Castellano. No, this is how we do it. We know l- the l- song. L- let, let me explain how it happens. All right, explain how it happens. You're, you're, you're coloring this with all sorts of... Oh, so I'm doing accus- what you do? Accusatory language. Well, it's... we find out you're like, oh, well, let's do these songs a day and a half before. I'm not debating that, but I'm, I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> I'm answering the question that the gentleman here has has asked, and you're, and you're, you're pontificating on some other crap. I'm not here, pontificating. Listen, I the que- speak the This facts. is the question he asked about how we do it in the first run. No, we get there. I give the songs out. Sometimes it's with adequate notice. Sometimes not. Most of the times, not with adequate notice. And everybody shows up yeah. and is pissed off at me because I've I've texted them two hours before they were supposed to get here. Oh, by the way, we're doing this ridiculously hard song tonight. And they show up. They with their charts, so they learned it on their own. And then we will run through the song usually one or two times here before we hit record. And then we will probably record it. Um, if it's an easy song, one or two times. If it's a hard song, we'll record it multiple times till we get a good take. So it's you know, it, and that's why uh, on sometimes on the YouTube videos you'll hear me like going you know just exasperated in the back like in the background when the camera's rolling going because like, it is now like, the eighth time we've run yeah, this. Yeah, like <laughs> son of a bitch, I gotta yeah. sing this again. But we don't like meet up beforehand and practice. No, we just we'll, we'll practice yeah. that Thank night. Fine. And honestly, because I wake up stupid early in the morning, like. If we're not taking more than two hours on all of our songs for the episodes, no, like we're not take, ever taking yeah. more than two hours practicing and recording them because then we have to do the actual speaking portion of the podcast. The only thing that took more than two hours was when we did Heart of the Sunrise. Yeah. That was a marathon. That that whole day got me sick. Like that was a marathon. We we went for like eight hours, then we ate, and then we recorded. Mm. It was just insane. That was insane. Mm. All right. Well. Yeah, so. I'm sure I'll come up with other stuff, just footnotes when this uh, when this goes down, which I'll put in like uh, send you in a private message or something. But no, thank you so much for um, uh, having me on and uh, and uh, just well, yeah, just it, keep it doing was, what you're doing. Yeah, it was wonderful chatting with you, and I think it's so cool that we have the technology to talk to someone literally on the other side of the planet. So, like, what time is it right there over there right now? It's it's now two o'clock, so I think we've been yeah. It's been about uh, forty-five minutes we've been it's talking 10 for. It's ten p.m. here. Yep. <laughs> I have to go get ready yep. for work in the morning. <laughs> well, I want to thank uh, I want to thank Josh Joshua Batten for uh, for joining us today and being a Span Geek super fan. And please check out his music. Uh, you can follow him on Facebook. That's where I, that's where I heard your music, uh, Joshua mm-hmm. Batten, B A T T E N. And uh, yeah, so- thank you, Anne Marie, for joining me in this interview. Um, and 
Joshua was very specific. He says, I, I want to talk to Anne Marie because Anne Marie is one of my favorite singers. So, so I'm glad you were here. The favorite. Uh, get out of town. You know She's my favorite singer, too. You both get out of Australia town. What are you talking about? I ain't nobody's favorite singer. Oh. All right. Thank you very much, Josh. Have a good rest of your day. Yeah, enjoy the beautiful, bountiful day you have ahead of you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Bye, Josh. Later, buddy. Yay, first fan show ever. This is our fan service, fan request, uh, fan appreciation show. That's what we'll call it, fan appreciation. Because we definitely appreciate all the support and contributions and everything you guys do when, when you join our live streams. So thank you very much. Please keep doing it. Uh, let's keep this going and uh, maybe we'll do another one of these fan shows in the near future so thanks for listening to Band Geek and see you next time <laughs>